get the meaning behind the numbers, and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Welcome, welcome everybody. Another edition of TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050 Toronto and across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics. Myself at AndyMC81. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes, SoundCloud, the iHeartRadio app, the TSN1050.ca show page. You scroll down, you see my face, click on it, and get all the episodes right there. Great show for you today. Going to have from faceoffcircle.ca, Jeff Viette, talk some Leafs, and James Harding, our NHL fantasy expert from DraftKings and NHL.com, and of course, Scott Cullen for Heroes and Zeros and Storylines of the Week. But to start things off here, we had our regular leadoff man, Travis Yost, was in transit to, I'm sure, one of his many exotic locations that he'll taunt us with next week. Bring on producer Sean Lavery here. Sean, it seems like... Every week, Travis is either going to an, a Hawaiian island or, or Vegas or, or something. So we'll, we'll see where he got up to last week. But this gave us a chance to say, hey, you know what? Let's look at the Canadian team, uh, the Canadian teams and, and rate them and do a power ranking here. Because we're at, what, the 44, 5, 6, 7, depending on what team, mark of the year. So we're, we're past the halfway point. So let's get a look into this. So we'll welcome Travis back next week. But we collaborated before there, Sean. And... Um, Let's start from the bottom. Do you want to start from the bottom? Sure. Let's get, and you know, I, I don't think this is a surprise. And by the way, folks, we want to have your Canadian power rankings too. So tweet them in to us at TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81. So go from top down. We'll start from the bottom. Uh, Ottawa Senators. That's, that's a pretty safe, pretty safe uh, starting point, I think, for our, our rankings. Senators 15, 9, and 9 through 43 games. And what? A disappointment from a year ago. Like you just had, you had that hope, and it's just been nothing. But, but situation, heartache. You, you got a, a strong offensive piece like Matt Duchesne hasn't worked out yet. And and meanwhile, you have Duchesne's former team, the Avalanche. They won eight in a row. Like is Duchesne? Is that the X factor? Like it's there's nothing more terrible than oh get rid of a guy and then rattle off eight. He seems to be the losing piece. Like, wherever Duchesne is, it's, <sighs> it's a tough, tough goal. But there's so much upside still. What, he's 22? Like, there's a, he has to be, uh, to me, Duchesne has to be put in a situation where he doesn't have to be the guy. And I don't know if he's going to get that in Ottawa because there's going to be a lot of focus around him. So, you have that with the Sens. Eric Carlson, perennial all-star, one of the best players in the league uh, last year. Down year for him. So, if you're struggling offensively, your best player in Eric Carlson isn't doing well. And now, we don't even know what his future is going to be like in Ottawa. Right? That's why That's why I put Ottawa at the bottom. Because on ice power rankings, yes, they're at the bottom. Off ice power rankings, they might be at the bottom too with everything going on with Eugene Melnick. And then Eric Carlson's future being in question is insane. Yeah. For a guy of that caliber, it's... Well, Drew Doughty's future is in question, too, to some extent, but not like Eric Carlson's No. Is. Well, and then people want to run Mike Hoffman out of town. Who's going to score? Exactly, and he's one of the three or four guys that actually can produce on that team right now. I mean, they have Mark Stone. Carlson is doing... He's like third in points on the sense right now. So yeah. he's doing okay, but still. For, for, for his level. Yes. And, and that's what you kind of run into. If you just took his season and took the name away, you'd say he was doing fine. But 
from what you expect out of Carlson, not so much. Then goaltending last year, phenomenal, a true strength. This year you have Craig Anderson come back down to earth a bit, and maybe that's to be expected, but it just seems like on every level, on every aspect of the Sens game, something isn't right. There's nothing you can really point to and say, okay, they're totally fine there. That's that's the problem, and that's why they're ranked last. And we'll have to see what they do at the deadline. Because, Sean, I think that for the Sens, you're at a point now where you got to make a decision. You're in, you're in purgatory. You're in no man's land right now. Are you going to try to go all out, trade, whatever, and, and try to get back to a playoff team? Or are you at a point where you blow it up? And if you're going that route, then it does make sense to try to get rid of a Carlson, Hoffman, whoever else. So it'll be a fun deadline in Ottawa or Perhaps. a fun draft. They might wait till the offseason because that's what people say. Moving a guy like Carlson, that's a tough thing to do midseason. Oh, yeah. People want him, obviously, but to move him midseason, that would be... So it's looking towards the draft, likely, for Carlson, and what, if he's going to move at all. Well, yeah, and what do you get back if you're the Sens? Are you getting player prospects, just high draft picks? And really, if you're moving Carlson to any team, it's not going to be to a bad team. So how valuable is a first-round pick for a team that's well, you're going to draft in the 20s? You know? It, it becomes very interesting. So that's the Ottawa, the poor Ottawa Senators. We move on. Our number six ranking, and again, you can send us your Canadian rankings at TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81. And Sean, what's your Twitter? Get a plug-in, bud. Uh, Sean underscore library. Boom. Montreal Canadiens through 46 games. 19 wins, 21 losses, 6 overtime losses, 44 points, 3-5-2 in their last 10. And it just seems with, with the Canadians, it's the same storyline. What's going to happen with Max, Max Pacioretty? You rely solely on the goaltending. You don't have enough scoring. Like it, it, it just seems they can't get away from that. And yeah, now trade speculation around the captain Max Pacioretty, right? You had Jonathan Druin, Galchenyuk, two young, talented players, haven't been producing as well. Defense is aging. You have Shea Weber on contract for what, nine years? I think it's nine more years. Forever. Like that's, that seems like you're joking. Like, oh yeah, nine years. Like, no, no, no. That, that's for real. He's there for. He's not going to play nine more years. He'd be in his 40s. But you, you got Weber, Ben, like all over 30. So you have a mix of young talent up front that isn't producing. You got world class goaltending in Carey Price, but he's been, I think, inconsistent is a nice way to put it. And an old defense. So a little bit similar to Ottawa, and I don't know where. Montreal really is. Like, what are they trying to be? It's tough. And it never felt right from the start of the year. Galchenyuk's always been kind of weird. He's a good player, but can't produce it all the time. And then Jonathan Drewen coming in. It, just, it hasn't felt right. And then Carey Price is the one light at the end of the tunnel for the Canadians. Yeah. Even, he, even he's having a tough time pulling them out of the ditch. Well, and that's really what you've leaned on, right? You have, you've been leaning on Carey Price. And if he's great, team has a chance. If he's not, well, then you don't. The Canadians we got at six. Vancouver Canucks at number five. And early on in the season, pleasant surprise. They've won their last two, three, five, and two. They sit second last now in the Pacific, so they've come crashing down through 45 games, 18-21 in six. Um, Sean, again, we're looking at these Canadian teams, and it just seems like until the Sedin twins go, they're stuck in 
middle of either middle or bottom of the pack, but they can't really move on. Well, even looking at the future, I mean, Brock Besser is obviously the the star right sure, now. Sure, that's the centerpiece. But then there's Bo Horvat. Jake Vertanen hasn't done well considering where he was drafted and the expectations on him. Sven Berchi is met. like the future. They have pieces right now that are young and talented, but looking long term, five years from now, or all these guys together, can they be what you need to be like? A perennial contender, perhaps, like mm. assuming that's what you want to aspire to be, which I assume you would. Yeah, and <laughs> the future, like it's just in question. Like they have young talent, but it's not upper echelon. Yeah, like like the, the ceiling on the young talent isn't like let's say with a a Mitch Marner, William Nylander level for the Maple Leafs, right? You, I don't think you have a ceiling as high. So you got youth, which is good, but again, you're just kind of stuck. And they flashed a little bit, but. Hey, that's, that's what you get in a long NHL season. Chances are you come back down to earth. So we got the Canucks ranked at number five. Number four, Edmonton Oilers. And Sean, when you look at what the Oilers have, have done, it's, this is where in the rankings people who can tweet in at TSN Analytics at AndyMCD1 can get a little interesting. Because you say, okay, are the Oilers really, should they be ranked ahead of Vancouver or Montreal, probably out of all the Canadian teams, the most disappointing. Yes, definitely. 100%. Probably the most disappointing team in the NHL. Yeah. Because everyone was talking Western Conference Final, no doubt. And then now they're not even looking like they're going to make the playoffs. No. 46 games, 20, 23, and 3. 3, 6, and 1 in their last 10 have won two in a row. But what a, a letdown for the Oilers. Because it looked like, okay, you got Edmonton, Toronto, kind of on, just, just rising. Like a phoenix over last year, and, and okay, now right now the Oilers finally got it right. Now the and then pump the brakes. Now you got to wait. Third from the bottom in the Pacific, um, Ken Talbot, strong goalie to have for both the present and the future. So that that seems to be a plus for them. But really, with the Oilers, they're they're in danger, Sean, of being stuck at top heavy salary and not having a whole lot of room to do much else. Yeah, exactly. Remember last week we talked about with Travis, was it a mistake trading Hall and Eberly, mm. either yeah. one of them or both of them? And I saw on Twitter today, it was funny, someone was like joking about how the Oilers are now debating if Milan Lucic is as good or better than Patrick Maroon. And so Lucic, mm. you're paying that guy a lot of money, he's going to be there for a while. I think he has five or six years left on that deal. Man, it's tough right now. That, Other than Connor McDavid, what else do you have up front at least? I mean, there's Benuge who just got hurt now and he's out for, I think, six weeks it was. Mm. They're in a tough spot. They are. And then after that, number three, the Calgary Flames. Seven in a row. Second in the active winning streak to the Colorado Avalanche. Who thought we'd say that? So the Flames, 45 games, 25, 16, and 4, 54 points, 7, 2, and 1 in their last 10, and they are Rolling the goaltending, and Travis brought this up last week as well from Mike Smith. Exceptional, like who that that is a a pickup that is exceeding expectations, and you're really riding that. You got the strong defense at Jared Downer. You got to love him, Dougie Hamilton, Brody, Hominick, all in the back, and then you got Johnny Hockey with uh, Sean Manahan as well and Backlund. Like there's there's some depth to the Flames, and they're getting the goaltending. That's a team that can I think really make some noise if they can stay healthy. They're not going to knock you off your socks. I mean, other than Goudreau and Monaghan, they're not going to knock you off your socks, but they're deep, and they're playing well right now. They're right there. seven-game win streaks. So. Yeah, and they're, they're tied with points in San Jose, one point up on L.A. and Anaheim. Boy, that Pacific's tough. That is, is a tight, tight is. division. All right, well, hustle here. Uh, last two, Toronto Maple Leafs. Not looking so great right now. Lost four in a row, but 
still, they're third in the Atlantic. They have the pieces to turn it around. And I, I'm not, you got Freddie Anderson, stud goaltender. I'm not overly concerned with the Maple Leafs here, Sean, because I think you got the pieces. And Mike Babcock's a good enough coach. Whether you think he's stubborn or not for not switching up lines, he's good enough. And that team is good enough to turn it around. This is a midseason slump to me. Right. And they're young guys. So inconsistency is to be expected. Yeah. But they're all super talented, which is why they're number two. And. Let's be honest, they have a cushion right now in that division. Florida's not catching up. Detroit's not catching up. That's why they're number two. That, that's a great point. They're 11 points up right now on Florida and Montreal. Uh, just uh, five back of Boston and 10 back of Tampa Bay right now, who's just playing on a, a whole different level. The question, of course, with the Maple Leafs is what do you do on the blue line? Last couple of years, right? What do you do? Do you wait for the draft? Offseason? Do you do something at the trade deadline? And number one is your Winnipeg Jets, ladies and gentlemen. Second in the Central. And boy, what a year they're having. 26, 13, and 7 through 46 games. We're out of time. We will get, I will give the Jets some more love, folks. Don't worry. We will give the Jets some more love. After the break, we will be joined by Jeff Viette from the faceoffcircle.ca. Again, to the Maple Leafs a little bit more. A lot more coming up on TSN Hockey Analytics. I think we're tired. I think it's a lack of effort uh, at certain points, and it's something that can't happen. We've got we to figure this out, and if we want to play anything, any meaningful hockey later, we'll figure it out. A lot of guys on the bench, too. Pretty, pretty frustrated not being on the power play and, and seeing that kind of effort. Um, I think we look at each other, uh, we've got to look at each other in the eyes here and determine where we, where we want to go from here. Maple Leafs goaltender Freddie Anderson throwing down effort being questioned in Leafland as they ride a four-game losing streak. Welcome back to TSN Hockey Analytics. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto and across the TSN radio network. Get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81. All right, let's bring in my next guest from faceoffcircle.ca, Jeff Vayette. Jeff, how's it going, man? Fantastic, you? Uh, Not bad. Hey, Great time to have you on, right? We got endless storylines with the Maple Leafs. Freddie Anderson calling out people, say it's time to wake up, start caring, better effort. They've lost four in a row, but three of those have come in overtime. Like, what? Let's let's start with with Frederick Anderson. Are you okay with him making those statements publicly? That that's uh, that's a, a bit of a gauntlet being thrown down. Yeah, I mean, I don't see a big issue with it. Ultimately, like I. Don't blame him for being frustrated. He's been playing most of the games this year. He's been incredible down the stretch, and they haven't won a game in regulation in nine. Like, it's been since before New Year's at this point. So there's no doubt that he's frustrated. Uh, there's obviously going to be a debate about whether that needs to be said in the room or whether it needs to be said openly. But uh, you've heard the team talk before about how they do talk about the stuff in the room and they do get out their frustrations there. I do think there is somewhat of a value to um, – to having it be a little bit um, public out in the open, that they know that there's that there's something going on there, and they know that something needs to change. Um, now, obviously, you don't want him saying that every single game, but yeah. to have it happen in like their their biggest tough stretch and make it aware that they're that it's not just the the fans or the listeners that are frustrated. I don't hate it. I think it, I think it's fine for him to show some emotion and not and the, what we know of Frederick Anderson. We don't usually see him show too much emotion, so when he's concerned about something and needs to say it, then there's probably a good reason he's saying it. And next big takeaway from Thursday's loss was Morgan Riley going down with an upper body injury. Now he skated this morning. His status for tonight's game is uncertain 
at this point. But so at least if he's skating, it it hopefully doesn't mean anything longer term. But how disastrous would it be for that Leafs blue line that is as thin as it can be already if Morgan Riley was to miss any time? It would be it would be rough. They've been relying so much on him, Jake Gardner, and Ron Hainsey over the past couple of weeks. I think I looked at it. I looked at it this morning. How the time on ice has kind of spread since uh, since Nikita's lights have went down, and it's basically those three guys carrying like, eight, like a ridiculous percentage of the load. Um, he's been their best guy this year. He's made a couple mistakes in the past week or so, but ov- overall, he's been their top guy. Um, for them to lose him would be major. Do I think that it's going to be a major problem though? I doubt it, honestly. Looking at the lines in practice, even yesterday, how they had Borgman just slotted in uh, with Hainsey, there was no real attempt to shuffle them. Makes me think that they're not overly concerned. This is probably just one of those things where they're trying to openly play cautious um, and kind of they gave him the rest yesterday. I wouldn't be surprised if he played tonight. In conversation with Jeff Vayette from faceoffcircle.ca on Twitter, at Jeff Vayette. So when it comes to Mike Babcock, stubbornness is a word that we've used and, and many people have used to describe him. So when he sees someone he likes, he'll stick with him for a while. And the player up front that has really caught Babcock's eye is Leo Komarov, much to the disappointment of Leaf fans. Do you see some of the method to Babcock's madness with his line combinations, or is it time to give guys like Connor Brown or other young stars a chance to chew up more important minutes? I think I see the general idea of what he's getting at. I get that they want to instill some set of what would be the best way to put it. They 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 want their players to learn the traits that the role players have. They want right. them to to work hard. They want that structure in place. But there's a certain point where you have to stop not necessarily rewarding uh, those guys, but put it, giving those guys the the um, the situations where they're supposedly teaching the younger players. In Komarov's case, I think he has something like two primary points that aren't on empty nets in like his last 57 games. Um, he's on pace for one of the lowest primary points per 60 that the Leafs have had in the last 11 years. Uh, at, at a certain point, that sounds like a problem, especially when you're playing with Nazem Kadri and pa- Patrick Marlowe. You shouldn't be having a season that makes you look like a borderline NHL player mm. when, you're, when you're sitting there. And do I think that that means Leo's completely done? No, I bet you there's some, some luck that's going against him right now. Uh, do I think that he needs to keep playing 20, sometimes up to 24 minutes a night? Probably not. I think at some point you do need to bring him down to maybe the fourth line, play him as a bit of more of a sheltered player and give him the penalty kill minutes where he seems to still have success in and give someone else a chance, Be whether it's Connor Brown, whether it's boosting up the, the other main guys in Nylander and Marner and giving them a few more minutes. There's got to be some other way to balance it. I, and I think you see that throughout the lineup where – there are guys who aren't performing up to speed, but they're at least putting in their efforts and they're getting rewarded for that instead of actually delivering results. Uh, that's been a bit of a common trend with this team lately, and I think it, ha- it plays a fair amount into why they're struggling. But, Jeff, well, what about Nazem Kadri too, right? Like, I, I, one goal, and that's the only point since the end of November. Like, I know he's contributing in other ways, and hearing interviews with him, it doesn't sound like he's overly concerned, but for a a guy who you expect at least what twenty twenty five goals more? Uh, how what what is wrong with him? Like, is there anything you think that uh, Babcock or or shuffling or anything to snap him out of it, or is it just you know you got to ride it out? I don't know. 
I think there's a combination of things. I think there's a there is a bit of luck going on in, in the same sense that Komarov has. So like that that line together is kind of in a cold spell right now. Um, I think the way they're used is probably uh, a factor in that too. They've been used decidedly as a shutdown line since even last year, but even more so than ever now. The team seems to be playing uh, to hold leads once they get them, even early in games now, and to not make mistakes or not really taking too many risks. So it's not like he's really aggressive. Any of them are really aggressively pushing for opportunity. So I think that plays into it too. Uh, it, it's it's a weird situation. I, I would love to see them shuffle it up. It'd be really cool if they can call up someone like Kasperi Kapanen from the Marlies to give that line a little bit of extra speed uh, and give them still some of that defensive ability. Uh, he had an incredible assist last night where he went end to end and uh, and found Ben Smith, um, which which kind of just showed just where his skating ability is. So he'd be a guy I'd love to see on that line. Um, but I, I don't know. There, it's, a, it's a combination of things. Uh, I think Kadri will eventually be fine. I think Leo, to some extent, will be fine. Uh, but right now, it's it, you're right, it's not looking good at all. They, um, they, they, they look like a line that's doing a set job, but they're not really doing much else beyond that. Last one for you here, Jeff. Uh, on faceoffcircle.ca, you can find a lot of great content, not only on the Leafs, but also the Marlies. I feel like you'd have a, a deep understanding of Travis Dermott's game from his days with the Marlies. What do you think of how he's performed in the NHL? Has he made a strong case to stay with the big club for the rest of the season? I think, honestly, he's been an NHL-capable defenseman since some point last year. Hmm. Uh, he's been by far their best defenseman over the last little while. He's someone that they can rely on on both sides of the ice. Uh, he's, uh, he's a guy who's more than capable of skating with the puck. He's a guy that plays power play and penalty kill for the Marlies. Um, there, there's a good case that he was maybe even the best defenseman in the league this year. Um, whether or not he's going to stay is obviously up for debate. Uh, there's so many guys in, in the rotation that I'm sure they don't want to like take minutes away from Andreas Borgman, for example, or even just keep Dermott's minutes down. If they think they're only going to play in 11, 12 minutes a night and they're only playing every second night, then that might not be the best thing for his development. So maybe he's in a tough spot where he has to go back, but I think he's capable. Uh, he, they benefit so much from having him down there every time he's there. He makes the team so much better. Um, and, they, and that's a team that already has a good defensive core. So it, it, speaks, to, it speaks to his talents. And he's helped Timothy Lilligren out, out down there too. Um, he's. I, I think he's ready. It's just. It's just a matter of there being so many guys competing for those final spots on the lease. Right, uh, Jeff. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. Appreciate it. Oh, always a pleasure. Thank you. All right, Jeff Bayette catches work at FaceOffCircle.ca. We'll step aside after the break. Some NHL fantasy talk. Get your tips, James Harding from DraftKings and NHL.com. You can tweet any fantasy hockey questions you have to him at jharding underscore hockey. A lot more coming up on TSN Hockey Analytics. For McKinnon, into the sharp zone, one-on-one against Vlasic, shoots, score! I am running out of words for the goals that Nathan McKinnon is scoring. He spun and did a 360 into the sharp zone, gets it through, Vlasic has a screen, and it goes right through Jones to put the abs on top, one nothing. Nathan McKinnon and the Red Hot Colorado Avalanche, eight in a row. As we head into the Saturday slate of games, welcome back to TSN Hockey Analytics. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto across the TSN radio network. Get us on iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio app, TSN 1050.ca show page. If you missed any of those links or not quite sure where to get them, don't worry. On Twitter, at TSN Analytics and at AndyMCD1, we will tweet out 
the link as well. Well, let's get to some NHL fantasy tips and conversation with our buddy James Harding, a fantasy expert from DraftKings and NHL.com. James, how's it going, man? Well, you know, Andy, it's 50 degrees today in New York, which means that we're inching closer to golf season. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hockey season right now, so that makes me really happy, too. That's right. Yes, warmer weather. You know what? Hockey season can be had in, in some warmer weather as well, right? Come the playoff I mean, time. They, they seem to have figured it out down in Tampa Bay, so <laughs> I think we should just go there. I'm 100%. Okay, James and I are going to be doing the show uh, for this foreseeable future from Tampa Bay. I like it. I like it. All right, buddy. You know what? Let's get to some of your NHL Fantasy hockey tips beginning with... Stock up. Stock down. All right, so going into the weekend, a stock up player or two. Uh, yeah, first stock up player of the weekend right now from the Anaheim Ducks, Andre Kasha, skating on the third line there with Adam Henrique and Nick Ritchie. Uh, 12 goals, 9 assists. 70 shots on goal this season, but he has points in three of his past four games. Three goals, three assists, 10 shots on goal in that span. Two multi-point games. So a young forward for them, and they have really needed some players with all the injuries in their lineup this season to really step up. He is beginning to take the strides and take the steps going forward. I think you could really see him move up in their lineup if production like this continues. And in season-long leagues, I think for the second half of the season, he's really a sleeper type of candidate. Mm. Left wing, right wing, so dual eligible. Only 10% owned in Yahoo leagues right now. So I, I think Andre Kasha could be a really solid value the rest of the way, and I like where his stock is right now. The other player that I like is a known fantasy commodity to a lot of players from the St. Louis Blues, and that's Alexander Steen. Yeah. He had a bit of a drop-off after he lost Jaden Schwartz to his injury. He only had one point in his next six games. But since then, he has points in eight of his last 11, five goals, four assists, and 30 shots on goal in that span. He's skating with Braden Shen, who's a top 15 overall fantasy player this season, and Dmitry Yaskin on the second line. And at $5,200 tonight, he is a really, really solid mid-level value player, one that you're going to want to look at to plug into your lineup and saying he's producing, he has a great matchup against the Coyotes tonight, and he's really not a lot of money for the amount of production he's putting up as of late. So two great stock up. Who are a couple guys to avoid stock down? Yeah, stock down right now, first and foremost, Drew Doughty from the Los Angeles Kings. When you look at what he's done this season, he does have around the 30-point mark, but he has seen a massive drop-off as of late. One point, which is an assist in his past seven games. He's pointless in five straight games right now. He was getting elite-level category coverage for DraftKings with shots on goal and block shots, but in his past seven games... He only has 12 shots on goal and eight blocks. Los Angeles right now, 26 in scoring in January through seven games. They're only averaging 2.29 goals scored per game, so less than 2.3 goals scored per game on average. So I, I don't like where the Kings are right now, and for the amount of money that Dowdy goes for in daily fantasy leagues in the upper 5,000s into the 6,000s, normally one of the top defensemen, 
in fantasy hockey, especially in DFS categories, I wouldn't be paying up for him right now. No. And then my other stock down, uh, a guy who we have touched on in the past is a guy we thought would heat up, but he just hasn't, is Mitch Marner from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Two points in his past nine games, only 17 shots on goal. He's been dropped down to their fourth line with Matt Martin and Frederick Gauthier. He is skating on the second power play unit there, but when you look at his price and you look at his ownership numbers in season-long leagues, the production just isn't there right now to confidently buy in on a nightly basis and say, I think he's going to do something. No, and that's somebody, yeah, with Mitch Marner you kind of wait on. So for someone like him, in if you're in league season-long play, is that someone you try to stash and then obviously in, in daily on DraftKings you'd really try to avoid him until he starts doing anything, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in DraftKings, it's a lot easier to, to avoid him, yeah. uh, especially if his salary continues to drop a little bit because of his production. In season-long leagues, you know that the talent is there. Yeah, You know what kind of a player he is. You know the upside that he has, along with guys like Austin Matthews, who's been struggling as of late, William Nylander, who hasn't had the season that a lot of people expected him to have coming off of last year. So you know the upside with guys like that is there. It's just about them finding their stride, and it's tough because he is a keeper-level player in Mitch Marner. He's a guy who you want to build a season-long fantasy team around in keeper leagues for years to come. But when you see just inconsistent play like this and the fact that you use the keeper pick on a guy like him and now he's skating on the fourth line, it's tough for you to, to commit to that. But he's one of those guys who the talent is is there enough to say, all right, I'm going to give him two or three years, and then if he's still not doing it, then I'm going to try and cut bait. All right, so that was Stock Up, Stock Down, in conversation with James Harding, NHL fantasy expert from DraftKings and NHL.com on Twitter, at jharding underscore hockey. All right, James, let's get to for this weekend's game. So for Saturday, Sunday, give me a must-start forward, defenseman, and goalie for your DraftKings lineup. For forward right now, uh, we're going to head out to Chicago tonight to the Islanders-Blackhawks matchup, and it's going to be Islanders rookie forward Matt Barzell. $6,200 in DraftKings tonight, 12 points, three goals, nine assists in his past seven games. He leads the rookie scoring race this year, 48 points in 47 games. He is skating with Anthony Beauvillier and Jordan Everly on the Islanders' second line. That has been arguably one of the best lines in the NHL over the past two weeks. And when you look at what he's done for both of those players, you think about a guy like Beauvillier, who in the past month had been sent down to the AHL twice because of lack of consistency and lack of performance. Now he's skating on the second line with Barzell, and he has points in four of his last six games. And Everly who was goalless in his first 11 games of the season, has 15 goals in his last 33 games skating with Barzell. So he's making the players around him better, and he's producing as of late. Of course, he had a five-point game last weekend against the New York Rangers and followed that up with a three-point game last Monday against the Canadians. So I love Barzell right now. On defense, I would say Alex Edler from the Canucks. He has a four-game point streak. Five points, 12 blocks, block shots, 14 shots on goal. He has six points in his past eight games overall, and he has one point 
in one game against the Oilers this season. And then in goal, I like Tristan Jari from the Penguins, even though he got roughed up the other day against the Ducks on Wednesday, giving up four goals. He has won four of his six starts in January, and San Jose is in the bottom third in the league in scoring right now, despite seeing that number tick up a little bit in January. I still like Jari there, and especially at $7,300. He's one of the best value goaltenders available tonight. Nice. Fantasy gold, brother. All right, James, uh, let's wrap up here with on DraftKings.com. You can play the Pick'em Style Contest, which we really like here. It's at the eight different categories, and in each category, you pick the player that you think is going to have the best night. So in this one here, it's a uh, $3 NHL Pick'em 3K Sniper. Let's uh, rattle through real quick the first uh, section here uh, to give people an idea. So you pick who's going to have the best week between Kucherov, or the best night between Kucherov, Tarasenko, McDavid, or Kane. Yeah, really, really good tier of players right there. They all have great matchups right now. I went with Tarasenko. Uh, He has nine points in his last nine games with 33 shots on goal in that span, and he has uh, an assist and five shots on goal in one game against the Coyotes already this season for a 5.0 DraftKings night. Uh, I I like that matchup too much to pass up, even though you can't go wrong with any of those four guys. James, always a pleasure, man. And people, of course, can send their fantasy hockey questions to you on Twitter at jharding underscore hockey. Let's do it again next week. Sounds great, buddy. Thanks. All right, James Harding. There you go. Contributor to DraftKings and NHL.com. A must-follow on Twitter for all your NHL fantasy advice. We will take the break. Heroes and zeros and top storylines of the week coming up with Scott Cullen from tsn.ca. A lot more on TSN Hockey Analytics. Barzell beats him and then carries it in the left corner of Islander Ice and then pushes it ahead to center for Jordan Everly. Back to Barzell, right wing over the Montreal line. He's got Beauvillier going to the net. Shoots and scores! Matt Barzell roots it from the right dot and he makes it 2-0 in favor of the Islanders. Back to wrap up TSN Hockey Analytics here on TSN 1050 Toronto across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81 and at TSN Analytics. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes, SoundCloud, tsn1050.ca show page. Back from a sunny vacation, he returns. Scott Cullen from tsn.ca. Scotty, how's the tan? <laughs> Beautiful, Andy. Oh, yeah, love it. <laughs> Glad to have yeah, you back. Lots of sun chasing kids around, my man. Yep. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Uh, you know what? Hey, we, we missed you last week, so let's get right to... It's time for the best, best. and worst of the NHL this week. Hockey analytics, heroes, and zeros with Scott Cohen and Andy McNamara. Hero number one, Taylor Hall. That's right. Uh, you know what? He had, he had an okay season in New Jersey last year, but... Uh, Taylor Hall has taken it up to a new level uh, this year. Past 11 games, he has 16 points, uh, 49 shots on goal, 56% Corsi, 55% of the scoring chances, uh, and the Devils have outscored the opposition 12-3 to with Hall on the ice. Um, on the season, he has 47 points in 42 games, and he, he's been pushing play the right way. He's a, a 51% Corsi on a team uh, that is usually hovering around 47%. Uh, and has a career-high 3.7 shots per game. Um, the Devils are getting you know, all they expected and more out of Taylor Hall right now. And uh, I, What I find interesting about Hall is that uh, when you look at the other leading scorers in New Jersey, um, 
it's a bunch of rookies and mm-hmm. uh, and Brian Gibbons, the the guy who played the AHL for the past couple of years. It's um, you know Jesper Bratt and, and um, Will Butcher and Nico Heischer, and uh, and then you have Taylor Hall, who's kind of running away from the rest of them. Second hero, a right winger from Chicago. Yes, Vinny Hinnestroza, who uh, was in the AHL to start this year, but uh, the Blackhawks called him up a while back, uh, looking to add some speed to their lineup. Uh, and he, he's had a positive impact. Uh, for a while, he was playing with uh, Brandon Saad and Jonathan Taze, obviously a good situation. Uh, had eight points in, in the past nine games with 59% Corsi, 59% of scoring chances. Uh, and, you know, given the opportunity to play with Saad and Taze, Saad and Taze uh, have had really dominant possession numbers uh, in, you know, creating a lot of shots. Uh, but, and, and so at even strength, you know, they've been terrific. Uh, I, I think, you know, where, where it kind of falls apart when people will look at guys like Saad and Taves and think, wow, their, their point totals aren't great, is on the power play because the Blackhawks' mm-hmm. power play has been terrible. Uh, but Hinnestrosa was, uh, was having uh, a pretty good effect on that line. Now, uh, I, last I've seen, they have now moved him uh, to another line today. But um, I think, you know, a nice stretch here for Vinny Hinnestrosa as a call-up from the AHL. Okay, so those are the heroes. Now to the zeros. Andre Sequeira starts that off. That's right. And you know what? You're coming back from injury uh, and you try and jump into the league midseason when everybody's uh, you know, going full, full steam, uh, maybe it's a little bit tough. And in 11 games since coming back, uh, Sequeira does have a, a Corsi a little bit over 50%, so that's not terrible. However, uh, been on the ice for zero goals, four, and ten against. Uh, so that's not a great start, you know. <laughs> well, welcome back. Uh, He's know, due. The, the league isn't going to wait around for you. You're just going to have to get up to speed, and uh, and you know the Oilers can't very much wait for him to to contribute. They need him to be back and be a, a useful player for them uh, immediately. Yeah, that's tough. And then the final zero, Max Domi. Yeah, I, uh, I I thought about Nazem Kadri, but I think I've already dinged Kadri during this uh, <laughs> lump. So I'm I'm going to Max Domi, who is is in a very similar kind of rut. He has uh, in the past 17 games one goal and one assist. Um, of course, the under 45 percent on the season. He has three goals in 47 games, and this is a guy who's playing you know 17 minutes, uh, 18 minutes a game, and you know have three goals in 47 games that's uh, that's not really cutting it and so look there's a lot going wrong for Arizona this year obviously but Domi's shooting three percent uh and you know three goals in 47 games on a guy who's a top line winger uh that that stands out as a pretty big uh pretty big zero for this week yeah no doubt and we can always circle back to Nazem Kadri that that, that's (laughs) trick catch you later Nazem yeah yeah hey when you haven't scored in what two months uh we we can come we can come back Oh my! Anyway, all right. That was here. That was heroes and zeros in conversation with TSN.ca's Scott Cullen on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen and Scotty on TSN.ca. Later this afternoon, you're going to have your top ten stories out, and the Senators. One of those stories is that the Sens are listening on trades for Carlson. Well, I, I think that was interesting how it got reported this week. If you if you read some stories, they would say, "Well, I see the Senators want to resign Eric Carlson." But every story included this, this part that, well, but they are listening if mm-hmm. uh, if teams make offers. And and you know the moment the moment you sort of acknowledge that you're going to listen, uh, that that to me starts uh, you know opening the door for uh, a player to to move out. And now look, would it take something? You know, special and significant to get Carlson out of Ottawa? Absolutely. I, I don't think they're they're just going to shuffle him out for um, you know the first couple of draft picks that get put across the desk. However, 
look, if you announce to the world that you're listening, uh, you can expect the rest of the league to start looking around and figuring out what kind of package they can put together. And um, I, I, I bet there are some teams that will will make some interesting offers here to the, to the Senators. If, if, if Ottawa thinks that they're not going to be able to re-sign uh, Carlson and – you know, another team kind of looks looks at the long range and thinks, okay, we're going to be prepared to give him the eleven or twelve million dollar uh, a year deal that um, is going to come after next season. Then, you know, then you start pulling together. Oh, well, you know, what young forwards do we have? What prospects do we have? Do we have a young defenseman that we can send back? And you know, you you come together with four assets and. Um, you know, and, and, and ideally, if, if you're offering it to Ottawa, it's something that's inexpensive. And, you know, see, see what happens. I, I, I won't be surprised if uh, this kind of builds a little bit more now. Um, you know, because basically the, when you've got a, a marquee asset like Carlson, uh, teams try to, you know, kind of keep it under wraps that, that they're up for grabs at all because the moment it, it looks like they might be, well, then, then it becomes a feeding frenzy. And you yeah. have all these, all these teams are going to start going, okay, well, if, if you're listening, well, we're going to make an offer. Right, and then go right at it. So that'll be something very interesting to follow. Uh, Scotty, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week. Awesome. Thank you, Andy. All right, Scott Cullen from tsn.ca. Don't forget, check out his uh, Heroes and Zeros, statistically speaking, and top 10 storylines all on tsn.ca. And follow on Twitter as well, at TSN Scott Cullen. All right, great show, everybody. Thank you so much to our guests. So, for producer Sean Lavery, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN Hockey Analytics across the TSN radio network.